Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back. This is episode 119, and today I'm here to chat with you about a conversation that I think is so interesting and so important, and this entire concept was spurred by a recent episode of Mark Bell's Power Project. Now, if you don't listen to that podcast and you're a fitness fanatic like myself, you should definitely check it out, but on this episode, which is episode number 673, Mark Bell has a knees over toes guy which his real name is Ben Patrick, if you're not familiar, and Kelly Starrett on the show. So if you've never heard of either of these guys, let me paint the picture. Kelly Starrett is one of the most knowledgeable and influential coaches in the fitness industry, specifically the functional fitness space and the sport performance space. He is a physical therapist. He's worked with world-class athletes, world championship teams, and He is legitimately a fucking genius. If you listen to him, you will get smarter. And he has really inspired the entire movement or concept of mobility, flexibility, and putting these things into practice into our daily lives, putting in 10 minutes of basic body maintenance on our bodies every single day to enhance longevity, and really ensuring that mobility is a way in which we can then move better. Now, on the other side of that coin, Ben Patrick, he has blown up in recent years to the point where he is likely the most influential fitness personality in the world. He has been everywhere. He was just on the Joe Rogan experience. Now he's on Mark Bell's podcast. He has been putting out a video every single day for, I believe, the last year. The dude is an animal, and he specializes specifically in knee function and health. Now, when you put these two minds together, along with Mark Bell, you have an incredible conversation. And I really wanted to just dissect the conversation and throw my two cents in there as well and hopefully paint a picture that you can appreciate and really just step back and say, wow, that is something that I can get behind and that is something that is definitely important to me. So the first two-thirds of this podcast are all about the concept of what training is doing for us as human beings and what the purpose of training actually is. Because over time, it seems that we've really lost the idea of the purpose of training, that we have started focusing more on the the nuances and the sexy, flashy shit that's associated with training than the actual purpose of it. 
And the same goes for mobilizations, right? I think people have just misunderstood why we mobilize, why we move, why we do these things to benefit our health. And so this entire conversation really, really boils down to one question. Is your training making you feel better and perform better in your sport or in the things you love to do? That's a serious question. Is your training making you feel better and perform better in sports or the things you love to do? Because, of course, it is fun to just go in and lift weights with your friends. But is your training actually benefiting your life? Because as humans, we are built to move. We are not meant to be sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, to be sitting on our ass watching Netflix for another three to four hours a day, sitting in the car commuting to work. We are putting ourselves in a position that is compromising our health and our longevity. I believe it's Harvard that actually or categorizes a sedentary person as someone who spends six or more hours per day sitting. Now, that might sound like a lot, but just take a moment and think about your day. It's not hard to accumulate six hours, not even in the least. Let's say you have a 20-minute commute both ways, so that's 40 minutes. Now, let's say in the morning you kind of sat around or maybe at lunch you're sitting down, so let's just round that up to an hour to account for the extra time and make the math easy. So there's already an hour of sitting. Then you're going to be sitting at your desk for another six to eight hours, potentially. So you're already exceeding that. Then when you get home, you're likely going to sit on the couch at the end of the night and watch TV. So add an additional hour or two there. Before you know it, you're at eight to 10 hours, no problem, and you're repeating that every single day. So according to that definition from Harvard, we are all essentially sedentary, or at least most of us. And so that's why it's so incredibly important that we start to integrate not only training, but movement into our daily lives. And that's how you actually make your life better and how you start to perform better in sport and things you love to do. Movement. Because as humans, we are built to move. We aren't built to do all these things that we currently do. For example, think about how often we're sitting in chairs versus sitting on the ground or getting on the ground and standing up. When is the last time you sat down on the ground and got back up? Probably years, maybe maybe months if you're a little more active. Could even be decades because you're always sitting your ass down on the toilet, in your car, on a chair. But as humans, we should be able to get on and off the ground without struggle. That's part of basic functionality. Now, as they continue this conversation, they got into a lot of different topics surrounding how we create change surrounding fitness. Specifically, how do we create a healthier world, a healthier society? What are some of the things that we can do, not only as fitness professionals like myself and Ash, but as fitness fanatics, as people who just enjoy movement? One thing we can do is simplify. We do not need to apply a complex solution to what's already a complex problem. The obesity epidemic, the diabetes epidemic, just the cardiovascular health issues that are going on in this country are astronomical 
and they're incredibly complex. So when we try to then take a complex solution, a training methodology that has a lot of moving parts, uh, adding a lot of rules and restrictions to our nutrition, all of these fancy, flashy programs that are coming out, they are not going to be a solution that's easily integrated in our lives to solve this complex problem. Instead, what we need to do is find the most basic, rudimentary, practical concepts that we can apply to our lives without having to overhaul all of our behavior and habits. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to change. We absolutely do. But change starts with the path of least resistance, making the barrier to entry as low as possible. So when we think about that, what are some things that we can do in our daily lives that are going to make us more mobile, more functional, and move more? Well, there's a few things that are really easy. Number one, we need to walk more. We need to get 10,000 steps a day, and if not more. Our bodies are meant to be in locomotion. We are meant to move. It's how we create blood flow. It's how we move our joints through a full range of motion. It's how we utilize our cardiopulmonary system. It's how we function as humans. Second thing, we need to drink more water because when we're properly hydrated, our systems work better. Our tissues can slide and glide over one another better. We're going to perform better and have more energy. Number, I don't know if that was one or two, but number three, we need to eat more vegetables. We need more micronutrients. We are deprived of micronutrients because we've skewed ourselves towards more hyper palatable foods, more highly processed foods that provide the caloric hit, but they don't provide the hit of macronutrients that we desperately need. Next one, we need to sit down on the floor. You probably never heard that one before. I personally never thought about it until listening to the podcast today. But sitting down on the floor is something that is so basic, yet once we surpass the age of maybe 8, 9, 10 years old, we don't really do it anymore. We sit in chairs. We sit in our car. We sit you know, at a table. We aren't on the ground as often as we were when we were kids. But the reason that sitting down on the ground is beneficial to your health is because it's going to put your joints in positions that they're not normally exposed to. And by sitting on the floor, you're going to naturally manipulate your positions just based on getting comfortable and f- experiencing discomfort. So you'll sit Indian style. You'll sit, If that's not politically correct, whatever they say now, you'll sit with your legs crossed. You'll sit with your legs straight out in front of you. You'll sit side saddle. You'll sit with your heels under your butt. You'll sit straight leg. You will move around and put your body into positions that it doesn't normally find itself in. And by doing so, you will naturally expose yourself to positions that you'll develop capacity in and then be more uh, resistant to injury. So sitting on the ground sounds so simple and almost stupid, but the concept is really, really profound. And then the last thing is really exercise. So exercise is the last thing we should be worrying about if all these other factors are out of line. Because exercise is really just the bonus. If we're not sleeping well, if we're not walking and moving our body, if we're not hydrating properly, eating enough whole nutrient-dense foods, if we're not able to just sit on the ground and be a normal functioning human being, 
then why are we concerning ourselves with trying to follow a complex program that's really difficult to adhere to? Because that's the number one key, and that's what we always preach, and that's consistency and, and sustainability. In other words, it's adherence. How do we become more adherent to the program, to our lifestyle choices, to leading a more physically active life? How do we become more adherent? And that loops us back to the concept of making it more accessible, making it more practical, making it more realistic. So that's really what I want to focus on is how do we make this realistic? But more importantly, how do we create that practical, realistic change and implement it into the world to create a healthier society? So number one, you have to start small. Right? We're not going to change the world overnight. And it's really, really difficult to even imagine changing society from a health and fitness and nutrition standpoint from the top down, from the government all the way down to us low-level people here in our daily lives. Instead, let's flip that on its head and let's address it from the ground up. By addressing it from the ground up, it's a lot more realistic because from there, we can start with ourselves, then we can start with our family, then our neighbor, once we've helped out our neighbor, we can help out our neighborhood. Once we've helped out the neighborhood, we can start working on our community. Once we've helped out the community, we can start to have greater outreach beyond that, out into the world, out into society. And so it's a domino effect or a snowball effect. Start small, gain momentum, and move forward from there. It's like the flywheel concept that we talked so much about with our clients where if I told you you had to move a giant Ferris wheel, by only the power of your own hand, just you, how would you do it? You would start by pulling as hard as you could in one spot. And eventually, if you apply enough effort, it's going to start to move just a millimeter. Well, then if you apply effort again, it's going to move another millimeter. And if you apply effort again, it's going to move an inch. I know I'm going from metric system to, <laughs> to what it, holy shit, the English system? I don't fucking know. But I'm changing uh, metrics here. But it's going to move an inch, then it's going to move six inches, then it's going to move foot. And before you know it, you're going to gain momentum and ride that wave and be able to get the Ferris wheel moving. So that's what we're looking for here is we're looking to create momentum by starting with small change and then working our way up from there. Now, that gets tricky when you start to get into a topic that Ben and Kelly started to discuss in depth, which is getting into our children finding a way to integrate these concepts into the public education system because that's where they believe real change is going to occur. And that's how they believe we will actually transform our societies by starting with the kids. And I agree with them. I think by creating this change in the public education system, we're providing kids with the tools they need to make better decisions and lead longer, healthier lives. Now, it's tricky because there are so many logistics and politics associated with that, and of course, money. But I loved the part of the conversation where Ben and Kelly talked about this because they started just throwing out really simple, practical strategies to make this happen in the classroom. For example, they talked about having kids re-implementing recess, right, or, or PE if you're at a higher level making sure that they're getting enough exposure to just playing. Number two, 
walking a mile every day as a class at school. Now, you might think that sounds ridiculous, but that's not that ridiculous. How long is it going to take for your class to walk a mile, for the teacher to take the kids for a mile lap? It's going to take, at the most, 15 to 20 minutes by the time you herd everybody together, get them outside, bring them back. But that is a game changer. It's going to get the kids moving. It's going to get rid of that brain fog that they have from being in the classroom. It's going to get them talking to one another. And then the kids who are really active and like ADHD, they can sprint the damn thing. And the kids who don't really give a shit, they can walk and chat with each other, but they're moving. That's the most important thing. They talked about just bringing back old school playground shit like monkey bars and things that the kids can swing and jump and climb and play on. Uh, we talked about, or they talked about, I said we, as if I was in the conversation, I wish. Uh, they talked about getting, you know, standing desks for classrooms or having kids just complete their homework while sitting on the ground versus sitting in their desk and just getting the kids moving throughout their day and engaging in some of this activity and learning some of these things that can really benefit them in the long run. Now, of course, we're not talking about, you know, teaching elementary age kids the fact that they need to exercise eat healthy and yada 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 but we can constrain the environment to a point where the healthy decisions are the easy decisions and they can easily recognize them because as we as kids grow and escape the classroom somewhat and start having more time at home and just being in different environments if the quote-unquote bad choice which there is no bad choice, especially when we're talking about nutrition. I'm not saying there's bad food, but the easily recognized better choice, if that's the easier choice, you're going to go with it every time. But if the less beneficial choice is the easier choice, the kids are going to go for that every time. Just think about a basic example of cookies versus fruit. If there is a tray of cookies sitting on the counter and a kid is hungry, he's going to go for the cookies because that's what's in the house or that's what's at school. If there's a plate of fruit cut up and ready to go and sitting there and there isn't another option and that's convenient, they're going to go for the fruit. So it's not a matter of restricting. It's about making the better choices or the more beneficial choices easier. It's lowering the barrier of entry all the way across the board from fitness to nutrition to the mindset surrounding these things. We need to drop the barrier to entry so that everybody can step into these healthier habits and behaviors without having to make another choice. Because at the end of the day, we've pretty much exercised and dieted ourselves into, into the ground. We are tired. We do not need another diet. We do not need another training program. We do not need to have to think or make another choice. So we need to make all of these things easy and practical. That way, the choice has already essentially been made for us. And that, again, that barrier to entry is essentially nothing. So that really sums up the majority of that conversation or surrounding how do we implement change not only in our household but in our neighbor with our neighbors in our neighborhood in our society in or in our community in our society at large and then also how do we make things more practical and accessible to those groups of people so again just to recap there's some simple practical realistic things that you can do if you're not already doing these things 
that are truly going to move the needle with your health and fitness. Number one, sleep more. Get seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Number two, make sure you feel safe. Make sure you feel loved. Because if you don't feel safe, you don't feel loved, these things are going to be hard to implement. Number three, focus on whole food nutrition. Eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. Monitor your protein. Uh, just eat shit that doesn't come in a box and has a label already on it. Number four, are you walking? Just start walking. Walk 5,000 steps a day, then seven, then 10 plus. Get your body moving. Get. It doesn't even need to be walking. It can be biking. It can be hiking. It can be any form of activity that gets you up and off the couch. And then sit down on the ground. Start spending some time on the floor, and you'll see what I mean by changing positions to find comfort or to avoid discomfort and finding those positions where your hip might feel a little tight or your knees might feel tight in that position. Start sitting on the ground more often when you're playing cards, when you're watching TV, whatever it may be. And then lastly, if everything else is dialed in, then you can start focusing on exercise and put that cherry on top. So I hope that was an eye-opening sort of rant or conversation. Again, if you haven't checked out the podcast, check it out. Mark Bell's Power Project, episode 673, Knees Over Toes Guy, Ben Patrick, and Kelly Starrett, of course, along with Mark Bell. But it is a really, really profound and eye-opening conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. And hopefully this summarization just really sets the stage for all of the gold that they drop in that episode. All right, I appreciate you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in, or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support, and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.